Are you longing for a real life change and lasting impact? Here at More To Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and your host on the More To Be podcast, where we are passionate about helping you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. On today's uh, episode, we have a special guest. My friend Crystal Stein is with us for this Unblinded Faith series. I just want to take a minute to give you her official bio, and then you'll have a chance to hear from Crystal and find out why I adore her. So Crystal Stein has a heart for encouraging women to live authentic lives online and in real life and offers a unique perspective as a small town writer who has learned from her internet community how to build real life community. Her heart is to encourage, equip, and inspire women of all ages to embrace a work hard, rest well lifestyle that honors God with their everyday small moment obedience. Her first book, Holy Hustle, Embracing a Work Hard, Rest Well Lifestyle, releases June 5th, 2018. You can connect with Crystal online at crystalstein.me and learn more about her book at holyhustlebook.com or find her on Instagram as Crystal Stein. Welcome, Crystal. I am so glad that you're here with us today. Oh, thank you. I am so excited that we get to catch up and talk today. You and I first met, I was trying to remember, when did we first, first, first meet? Oh, I am the worst at this. So was it a blogging conference? It might have been, well, you know, I was at a loom. Yeah. Okay. And I was at a loom when it was relevant. Okay. So I was at a loom the last year it was in Harrisburg. Yes. Were you, you, were you there that year? Yes. That was the year okay. of the hurricane, right? <laughs> yes, it yes, was. Yes, it was yes. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I want to say that's probably where we met first because that would have been my very first blogging conference that I went to. Okay. Um, and because it was local, yeah. it felt really accessible and not super scary to be away from home. And, you know, I wanted to make sure if I ended up meeting people who just I knew on the internet who turned out to be serial killers or something that I was close <laughs> to home so I can get away right right yeah <laughs> but it's funny how now I don't worry about that the internet has changed for me but I know yeah yeah but that was friends. gosh in internet years I think now that makes us officially friends for life because yeah it's been you know so long yeah 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 it feels like decades I mean we're dinosaurs in the whole internet world probably considering when we started our blogging yeah it's almost 10 years for me which is a long time to do anything online yeah and it it, the twins are going to be 13 which means I will have all teenagers which is crazy and I started blogging when they were six months old so oh my goodness. I, I know how long I've been around. Now I've had my hiatuses because God, you know, has his way of saying, no, you will not do that anymore. And, and I've had my seasons <laughs> off and away. But the journey first started when they were six months old and I was trapped at home. So what, mm-hmm. tell, I want you to tell everybody, like, tell us about your family. Tell us, like, who are your people? What fills your time? And then how did you kind of start your writing journey as well? Absolutely. So my family is everything to me. So I live in a very small town in Pennsylvania. If you're at all familiar with ever seeing sort of anything 
Lancaster County. So I always joke that that's not where I live, but our traffic jams around here are school buses, farm equipment, and horse and buggies. So <laughs> yes. that is, that's the kind of small town I live in. My my family lives here. My husband's family lives here. Uh, he teaches at the elementary school I went to when I was little. And uh, our daughter, who is six, Madison, now she goes to kindergarten there as well. So it is, we are small town uh, folks, but yeah, they are amazing. And sending her to school uh, was really special for me, knowing that my husband would be there. Mm. And now, so at first it was comforting. Now we just have to try to keep her from feeling like she runs the place. Because she oh, yes. Has everyone wrapped around her little finger. And so she keeps winning all these awards for being respectful. And I keep wondering like what happens between when she walks out of the school doors and into our home where that goes away somehow. Yes, <laughs> so, sure, sure. But, you know, I would rather she, you know, use all of her energy to be respectful to her teachers and I can handle the fallout at home when she's tired. Um, But I have a twin sister. I'm an identical twin. So that was always really fun and interesting growing up. We never had to try to trick our teachers. A lot of people would ask us, you know, did you ever switch classes and try to trick people? No one could tell us apart. So we didn't have to. It was actually more frustrating than anything. So um, she lives about two hours away. She lives in State College. And so uh, for a while, she was teaching sixth grade. She's moved on to a, a tech position now. But I got to go up. I, one of the things that I do is I run a blogging challenge called Write 31 Days. And she was taking her sixth grade writing class through a similar blogging challenge where they were supposed to write once a week for a month, like it was smaller. But she wanted me to come up and talk to them. So we got the chance to really mess with some sixth graders' heads whenever they walked past Mrs. Lee in the hallway. And then they came in and they saw me sitting at her desk. And I think their heads just were on a constant swivel. They didn't understand oh, what fun. was going on. It was a blast. So that was that was right at the beginning of this whole process of writing Holy Hustle because I remember telling them that I was going to have a book coming out and they just broke out into a spontaneous round of applause and it was Aww. the best. And they were like, we're going to buy your book. We're so excited. And I was like, oh, it's not for you, but you can buy it for your moms. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, my family is just, they're really my people and I've had, I've had friends, you know, I'm great friends with a a couple girls who we've gone through the same seasons of life together, motherhood and everything together that I've known since high school, because it's a small town, you know, we're all, Mm -hmm. we're all still here, but, um, really those are my people. And then, you know, I love an online community. So it's my favorite way to connect with women. So let me ask uh, a question that we kind of talk with every one of our guests about is where did your faith journey start in the context of your family and your life now? Like take us back to when Jesus became central to your life and what that process has kind of been like. That process started, it still feels so new to me. I I was 16 and, Mm -hmm. you know, I had always grown up. I think that this area where I live is sort of the Bible belt of Pennsylvania. I mean, it's just, there's churches on every corner. You don't, it's not uncommon Mm -hmm. to go to church from the time you're born. Um, My parents got divorced whenever I was pretty little and my mom had a really terrible experience with the pastor of the church uh, that we were attending at the time, just um, with the divorce and his thoughts on divorce. And Mm -hmm. so she just, she 
walked away from the church. And so we would go with my grandparents, but they tend to be the type that if they uh, feel slighted or ignored or somehow um, something goes wrong, they will just move churches. They'll just go to a different church. And so it was never a constant presence. It was, Mm. you know, sort of this rotating door of, you know, different churches and trying to figure out, I never felt a sense of belonging. I never went to church camp. I never went to Sunday school, never did any of that as a little, a little girl. And so it took being in high school and there were friends of ours. I was in the band Mm-hmm. And I played clarinet and there were friends of ours who would lead these early morning um, sort of prayer worship times before school started. And so because I was friends with them already and just really wanted an excuse to hang out with them more and this felt like a, a great way to do it, you know, I started to go and my sister started to go as well. And it really was that moment where God took people that I cared about and trusted and work through them to reveal how much he cared about me mm. and really drew me closer to him. And uh, so once my sister and I had our driver's licenses, you know, we started going to church on our own. And then once I started dating my husband, we've been dating since the fall of our senior year of high school. So uh, high school sweethearts and, mm. you know, his family, he grew up in the church. His family is very, has a really strong faith. And, you know, he really helped me kind of navigate. I didn't know anything about prayer. I'd never done a Bible study. I'd never really even read much of the Bible at that point. And so he really challenged me in a lot of good ways to grow in my faith and sort of set an example for me and just being around his family and seeing what it could be like has been really, really special. And so now it's amazing for me to be able to have our daughter, you know, have those experiences and learn about Jesus and at such a young age, be able to be part of the church. And we go to a church that really invests in children and their children's ministry. Mm. Um, you know, it's not a church where kids get stuck in the basement where, you know, they have to try to stay out of the way of everybody else who's doing big church. They're really involved and they're really important to the church. And that was one of the reasons that we loved coming here. And so for her to feel like she has a place in the church and that, Mm. you know, there's something that Jesus is already doing in her life. She's excited to invite friends here and she, you know, it, she's sick. She's not afraid to talk about anything. I mean, the mm. fact that, I mean, we're just happy when she has a conversation that isn't around something that happened in the bathroom, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. About Jesus to her friends. Absolutely. So, you know, it's been, that's been so special to me to do that, but it does, you know, I think that maybe it's because in my head, I don't feel 35. I think I feel still a little younger than that. Yeah. So 16 doesn't feel that far away. And so I just have, I feel like a work in progress all the time. And I'm so grateful that God just reminds us that he's always doing a new thing and that he's not done with us. So, you know, I I haven't figured it all out. I'm not an expert at any of this by any means, but, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful that God allows me to share what he does in my life and what he's teaching me. Mm. So I can share with Maddie. She and Matt are part of any ministry that I do. She knows when I go to speak or when I am writing something, she, you know, celebrates with me and, they pray about, you know, the message I'm giving or the women I'm speaking to. So they're, they're as involved as they could be because I, I want her to see that it's about, it's not about me. You know, when we yeah. do these things, it's for God and our work is for him. And that's how, you know, it, it makes it fun because yeah. it's not about us. So let me ask this question. I, I know you've had some curveballs thrown your way in the last 
five years, six years of knowing you, maybe even longer. Um, is there any one of those experiences that challenged your faith and, and yet caused you at the same time to cling to the Lord more to be able to see him manifest and work through the process, kind of growing you up in your faith a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, there've been a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God knows that I'm stubborn. And so sometimes he has to use big drastic things to make me stop and see him in the small moments. But most recently I was, you know, I was asked to resign from a ministry position that I loved and I thought I was doing really, really well at. And I think that being on the inside of ministry can be very, very hard because I think there's this expectation that the people will act differently or mm. than humans act. And that's not the case because we're humans. Right. And right. so to, to know that, um, there were expectations on me to act differently than I feel how God created me to be, you know, and okay. I love, I encourage women to live authentically. And I felt like at times I wasn't allowed to be who God made me to be because I mm. needed to put on a front and I needed to be, a representative of this ministry, or I needed to, um, you know, compete or keep up with, you know, women who were just more, um, just bigger personalities than I will ever be. That's not who God made me to be. Mm. And so for a little bit, I could, right. We can do in our own strength, we can strive and we can make things happen for Mm. a little while. But when it's not of God and it's not who he created us to be, we will burn out and we will run out of steam and we will Mm. get discouraged and we will become jealous and we will compare and all of that started to happen. And so as much as I wanted to stay in that position, God knew that my soul was not ready for the places it would have taken me. Mm. And so to be able to be taken out of that and to be able now, I I had to tell um, my boss here at the church where I work that I I hesitated a lot before taking this job because I didn't want to be back in ministry. I was scarred mm-hmm. from it. I was, you know, afraid that I would begin to um, not love this place as much as I do because I would see the inside workings yes. of it. Oh, you yes. know, and yes, yes. I, I want, I wanted the mask to stay on, you know, I mm-hmm. didn't want to know what happened behind the scenes because I'd had that happen several times throughout the last 10 or 12 years and it never turned out well. Yeah. And, you know, I think that what I learned in those positions that I needed to grow from, you know, I learned that I needed counseling and I got some mm-hmm. counseling and God worked in amazing and healing in like remarkable ways through that. Mm. And I learned that I needed to lower my expectations for other people and myself and have Mm. a little bit more grace in my life, you know? And so I'm able to come in to this role with these lessons that God has taught me. And I could have seen it as a failure. I mean, I've been fired Mm. from jobs before I've been asked to resign. I could have seen those as failures as ends of the road. Right. But it was through those experiences that God was able to continue to move me forward where he Mm. wanted me to be. So those failures were not stop signs. They were just stepping stones, right? So everything that I learned in that role, I've been able to use here. So he doesn't waste anything. You know, God has not wasted a lesson 
an opportunity and experience. Uh, you know, even just today, we one of the things that I do is we shoot the video announcements for our church. And so being in front of a camera, reading off a teleprompter, those were things that I learned how to do in previous jobs that yeah. I would not have been comfortable doing now. So God knows what he has coming up next. And so I think the biggest lesson as he's been growing me is to to not take any of these small moments of our work for granted because he has a plan for it. We might not see it where we are now and we might feel discontent in our yeah. you know, location or our vocation or our specific circumstances, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't see it or have a plan for it. We just need to be willing to, I think it's those small moments of obedience, right? Just say, all yeah. right, God, I'm showing up. I'm going to show up for work today. I'm going to trust that you have a plan, even if I don't see it today, even if I don't see it in five years. I know that somehow there is a reason that you're asking me to do this. Yeah. Wow. I'm sitting here thinking, holy cow, Lord, this is everything I've been talking about with my husband and, and even the family <laughs> in the last couple of weeks because, I mean, you know that we relocated here and, mm -hmm. and that was only three years ago and it was because of circumstances that were unsettled where we came from and, you know, I can't go into the details of those, but, but we're seeing similar um, situations happening around us that it's a little bit like... PTSD for the whole family. And, yes. And, and the way I noticed it was that my youngest like kind of sat in this like um, really sad state and said, it's happening all over again. Oh. Because there are certain things that we go through that trigger that response, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. and my husband and I were talking with a, a gentleman last night and he described this visual for us that was super helpful. He's like, you know, we walk along on this journey and it's this flat line. And then there's this pit that we we end up in some sort of trial, some sort of mess. And, you know, he, he drew this line going down to the bottom of the page. And, and for all of us, that may be a, a pit because somebody sinned against us or because we sinned or we live on the side of the fall. Like it, mm -hmm. it can be anything. But as we're going down that pit or end up at the bottom, our natural reaction is, ah, I want to go back to what was. Like, how do we end up here? This isn't where I want to be. Yeah. And yet he drew out from examples in the biblical narrative that like he looked at Joseph uh, in the pit. Um, he even used Jesus as an example of when you get to the bottom of that pit, there is a way out. And that way out takes you to the, the goal of where God wanted you to end up. Mm -hmm. mm. Like what you're saying, right? And so, but the problem is we wouldn't say yes to where God was taking us if we knew we had to go through this journey of sanctification on the yes. way to eternity. We would, we would say, I don't, I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to go back to what was not move through the pain to discover what is. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting as, as I was listening to this guy talk, I was thinking he used the word like faith is that part of the process that we have to cling to and use when we're in the deepest parts of the challenge oh. and the trial. And yes. so I was like, oh, right. I just wrote a book on faith. Like, yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. And all the, it, was, it was a very humbling moment of realizing that because our flesh responds. So like the same way my daughter's looking at the situations around us and thinking, oh no, here we go again. 
man, flee, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That, that is the red flag that says faith. How do we exercise faith that God is going to use this moving forward? Right. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately the decision with change in general, right? I mean, or mm-hmm. these circumstances that feel out of our control, we can flee or we can fight or we can have faith, right? Right. So right. It's, we have a choice. I mean, we can, I've done all three. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they, they rotate through depending on my level of fear, you know, uh, right. about the circumstances. But, you know, I think my thing is, you know, I would not only choose to try to avoid the pit, I would probably come up with my own plan to go around the pit or build yes. a bridge over the pit or, you know, somehow get somebody to fly me over the pit. <laughs> like I want to <laughs> go to the other side of the pit, but if I could just avoid being in it, that yes. would be awesome. And I don't care if it takes me 20 years to get around the pit where it would have maybe taken God like two weeks to get me through the pit. Like I, I just want to avoid the pain. Right. 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 And that's, that's our natural, but you said something you said, you know, you just showed up, you showed up for work, you, you showed up and you did the next thing. And I know Mm -hmm. that part of your heart's cry, in addition to being authentic is also to embrace a work hard, rest well lifestyle. And one of the um, verses that you shared with me before we got on that you wanted to talk about came from Colossians. So I was thinking what we can do is I'll, I'm going to read that verse and then I'm going to read it in the context of the scripture because Mm -hmm. one of the things we always do in the podcast and at More to Be in our Facebook group is we, we say we've got to look at the scripture in the context of scripture. Yes. And so I'm going to read a section of this. And then I want you to tell us more about kind of what it looks like to work for the Lord. And I think your story is is really relevant because it's work for the Lord even when your work hasn't turned out the way you expected. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so Exactly. Uh, so verse 17 says in Colossians 3, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father, and I'm gonna I'm gonna back up and pick up at verse 12, which is one of my favorite verses. I, if you, I talk about this all the time that we are chosen, holy, and dearly loved. Uh, so uh, that's verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message of Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. What, so good. What really stood out to me in this passage was the number of times that it said, give thanks, be thankful. Yes. And then also at, at thinking about the story you shared, which I've I've heard that story a gazillion times as a life coach, that the... <laughs> the the, these people in ministry didn't treat me the way I expected people in ministry to treat me <laughs> yeah. is a theme. And yet this passage talks about making allowances 
Yes. It, it doesn't say only for those who are unsaved or only for those who call themselves a sinner. It doesn't make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Yeah. And yeah. And I, th- I think that, you know, backing up even a little, it says, you know, here's the, in the message, um, paraphrase, it says that, you know, the wardrobe God picked out for you, right? Compassion, mm-hmm. kindness, humility. I will fully admit that not only did I feel like I wasn't treated the way I expected women in ministry to treat me. I know for sure that my pride got in the way and I did not treat them the way Mm -hmm. that this passage lays out, you know, and I think whenever we can think about that as we're getting dressed in the morning, you know, lay aside the old clothes of yesterday. We're not going to keep the old clothes of yesterday on and just put a new cute outfit on top of it. Like that gets weird after a while, right? Like it's getting bulky and uncomfortable and sweaty and nobody does that. So you, you take off the old clothes and you put on the new one. So as you're getting ready for the work God calls you to do, which does not have to come with an office or a business card or, you know, a staff of people reporting to you the work that God calls us to do, you know, it says in here, whatever it is that we do, our words, our actions, whatever it is, whether you, you know, deliver mail or you teach or you, you know, are a stay-at-home mom, which is so important. Um, keeping small children alive is an immense job. Yes. You know, whether it's just walking it through the grocery store and interacting with people that God has put in your path, whatever it is that you do, have you put on compassion and humility? And I love, you know, quiet strength. I love that. You know, am mm. I going into my work that God's given me with that? Is that how I'm viewing the people that he's placed here because I have to remember that this job I'm doing is not about me. Whatever Mm. word God is giving me to do, it's for him to build his kingdom. And so whenever I can stop trying to make it all about me and what I benefit from and how it serves me, I can start serving other people. I can stop striving and trying to get the most out of it for Mm. me. And I can start serving God and I can start serving the people he's given me to love right? Because that's ultimately what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to love. Right. And so if I can treat people that way, then not only am I doing work that brings me joy, regardless of what the work is, because it's for God, I am impacting his kingdom. And that is amazing that we get to do that. I can stop being jealous of what you're doing or she's doing or anybody else is doing because I am confident to know that I am holy and chosen and loved by God. So my work has a purpose and I've got just the right responsibilities to do here. I don't need to take her job and Mm -hmm. try to do her stuff. I can do the work I've been given. I can let her do the work she's been given and celebrate that. And we can work together to do even more for God's kingdom And then at the end of the day, I can, you know, use God's model from Genesis to at the end of the day or at the end of the project or at the end of whatever the work is, be able to stop, celebrate that it's good, that the work that we've done is good and then rest, you know, because God rested and called it holy. So Mm -hmm. we can do work and celebrate that it's good because it is glorifying God and his kingdom and his people. And then we can rest without guilt, feeling like we're not doing enough because we've been open-handed with our agenda and we've allowed God to pick and choose where he wants us to go that day. So when it's done, we can just know it's done right? and we can let go of all the shoulds and, you know, the things that we want to add to our to-do list that aren't ours to add 
Yeah. We can trust that God has people to do that work and it doesn't have to be us. Right, right. There was a reason why he created the body with many members. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Right yeah. Listen, I'm going to say there are a lot of days where I feel like the little toe of the body, but <laughs> yeah. it is essential. You still have to have that. Yeah, know? it's part of it's, balance, actually. <laughs> yes, right? You know, and I, I love thinking about like, okay, what if the whole body was an eye? That would mm. be weird. You got like that just that's not what you couldn't hear anything. Like, how yeah. would you worship if you were all just an eyeball? Like, that's you can't wear a cute outfit on an eyeball. Like that's not how that works. You need the whole body. Right. Right. It's so true. You know, and I've struggled with jealousy. I've struggled with insecurity and, and I've had people speak in my life that have helped me break free of that with some key like statements, like God is going to do in you what he's going to do in you. And it's not going to look like what he does in anyone else. Yes. And, and, you know, I live with that statement over and over again. And, and part of being a writer and being a speaker and somebody who teaches the, the Bible is there's nothing new under the sun. So is there even any point uh, to, mm. to writing or speaking about the scriptures? And yet the way God has ordained each of us to understand and to convey a particular message is valuable for that person he's appointed to hear it. Yes. Absolutely. And, yeah. So your message, the Holy Hustle is your message of date. This idea of um, both working hard for the glory of God and also being a, a woman who knows how to take a rest. Mm-hmm. And so I loved it that in the beginning of your book, you described hustle. Like it made me think of Heinz feet on high, on high places where uh, my kids had to do that sort of writing in, in their class this year where they took a, a verb and gave it, an, it turned it into an, a noun. It became yeah. a, oh, personified, yes. right? And so, yeah. so hustle is a person, is the mm-hmm. way I read it in the beginning of your book. And then holy is a person. And yeah. there, there's this tension that you describe. And so can you unpack that a little bit for us and, and go, go the distance in telling us how it looks in your life too? Yeah, well, I will say that as I was describing a hustle. So I talk about her as, you know, this woman that works 24 seven. I mean, picture her in a busy city, right? She's constantly on the go and she is willing to climb the corporate ladder and walk over whoever is in her way to get where she thinks she needs to go. And she just doesn't stop. It's ceaseless striving, right? That's, that's what hustle does. And she just goes and goes. And I, I mean, that describes perfectly, you know, a season of my life. I did that. I did all of that, you know, so she is mostly me um, in that example, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but then, and, you know, this section of amazing entrepreneurial women I would follow online who, you know, on Instagram are creating constantly and always ha- promoting these ideas. Like you have to get out there first, right? You've got to get your idea, your product out before anybody else takes it or steals it or does better than you. Right. So you just, yeah. you never stop. You never take a break. And then holy for me is this other side of these, you know, women I would follow on Instagram, maybe who just constantly posted pictures of their quiet time chair. And, (laughs) you know, she's, she's walking in, you know, prayer labyrinths and she's got, you know, soft blankets and candles. And, you know, she just like, that is, it's all about grace and soul care, but no work. And, you know, I, I know that God created us for work and rest. And so it was this tension of, 
I love work. I dreamed about my career far more than I ever dreamed about my wedding day. You know, so that's how Mm -hmm. God built me. He built me to serve through work. But I would be ashamed when I would admit it. So I would either be ashamed to talk about the work that I love to do, or I would use busy as this badge of honor, right? Where people Mm. ask how I was doing. I'd be like, oh, I'm so busy. You know, look Mm. at all the things I'm doing. Um, You know, and then on the other hand, if I would, if I would get to the point where I was burn out enough to actually stop and rest. It was this feeling of guilt that I then wasn't doing enough. So I was like, well, like, how do I find a way to work without shame and rest without guilt? Like, how do you find a life that Mm -hmm. has that in it? And for me, it turned into discovering that, okay, God has created us to work and not because it earns us salvation, but because it is the result of our faith in action. Like we are meant to, you know, you can't have a tree bear fruit that doesn't mm. go through a process of work to get it there, right? So we yeah. can't we can't take the gospel to the far ends of the earth without doing something. There's so much action in scripture. Like what we're commanded to do, what we're called to do, what we're commissioned to do requires work, Um and maybe you don't want to call it work. Maybe you, yeah, yeah. Maybe you want to call it something else. But there's action required of our faith. Yeah. And so once I came to that understanding and then realized, listen, God is far too unique and creative to have meant us to all work the same way and all rest the same way. So what I was trying to do was fit my work into this version of hustle that I was seeing from everybody else in the world. And then I was trying to fit my version of rest into everybody in the church that I was following and failing miserably because I don't get up at 5 a.m. That's painful to me. Like that is not how I'm meant to, I'm a night owl. So figuring out who God meant me to be, how Mm. he wants me to work, the jobs he wants me to do, and then also how he created me to rest. Mm -hmm. So once I stopped trying to fit it into what I thought everyone else was doing and what I should be doing and just abided with God enough to realize, Hey, here's what he wants me to do. You know, my work became something I could take joy in, Mm. um, you know, and then my rest turned into being okay, knowing that it's not probably going to look like rest for other people who look at my life, but because almost all of my life is spent writing on the computer or working on the computer or in front of a computer somehow by myself in order to stop and rest and let my brain switch off and really spend time refueling so I can get ready to do the work again. When the work Mm -hmm. week starts, I have to shut my computer off, but it's not to do nothing it's to go make memories and experiences with my family. So if you follow me online, you're going to be like, man, this girl never stops. She's like out at amusement parks on weekends. They're hiking. They're doing these things. But it's because that's how I connect with my people. And that's where I, I connect with God, you know, in those moments where we can, you know, turn off all the distractions and be with one another. That to me is rest. And so just being able to be comfortable in that has been such a game changer for me. And so now, you know, I know too that because I love a personality test, like God created me to be super responsible. So yeah, if somebody at work doesn't step up and do their job, I'll probably do it. So I've had to learn that that's not my job, you know, and to slow down and give my to-do list to God and say, hey, here's what I'd like to do. 
today or this mm-hmm. week or this month or this year, like here are my goals and my dreams. And here, like, here's kind of, here's what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. but then say, all right, God, what do you want me to take off? Yeah. What should I cross out? What do you want to add? Yeah. You know, and, and leaving that margin for him to come in and surprise and delight me with things that I would have missed that I would have overlooked because I was trying to run the show. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the heart of it, right? I mean, God, God and I have had a dance about, uh, work and rest for years and, and personality assessments have, have helped free me to understand that, Hey, I am 99% observation on the Highlands assessment. I see spaces. I see things. I don't, I don't feel restful if I'm in a chaotic place. I'd rather mm-hmm. fold a load of laundry, even though I hate folding laundry, or go to, an, <laughs> or go to another room in the house and leave the laundry alone uh, sitting there. It, you know, it, it'll yes. eventually get up and walk out. I've decided it will just do its own thing because it'll be tired <laughs> of being neglected. But, but, you know, there are different ways that we, we find rest, and there are different ways that we find delight in work. And I think in the, in the latest realm of, of God really kind of coming down on me, it's been through Exodus and seeing, uh, the example that he, he found refreshment and rest Mm -hmm. through taking that sixth day and finishing his work. And on the seventh, not doing work. And that part of, part of the, um, way I'm reshaping my life is to say, okay, what needs to get done on the sixth day so my brain can rest on the seventh? And oh, I have well, that's to, good. Yeah, yeah, so I have to make a priority list. Like we, we've we made some shifts. I've been actually writing about it recently. We used to do our, our bills and enter our receipts and our finances on Sundays because that wasn't my work as in my job. That was personal family. But that was creating a, a spirit of burden on me and not freeing me to be joyful and want to hang out with my family. It made me want to go back to work to figure out how I can earn more money to pay the bills. And so yes, we've moved that task to another day of the week. And I feel like a brand new woman come Monday morning because so I'm sleeping Sunday nights free. Yes. And so most people wouldn't like categorize that as like, well, that's a work task, but it is where are we kind of where are we prioritizing our life to trust God to enable us to get things done and how are we um, letting go to see where he will provide? I think it's part of that rest process too. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. You know, part of rest is I think just understanding that there needs to, there needs to be margin in our lives that where we are space in our lives where we just stop striving and controlling mm-hmm. and we just trust God. You know, I think that that brings rest to our brains, to our bodies, <laughs> to our work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think the only way that you can get to that place, I mean, I take all the personality quizzes and I love them so much. I mean, I have a quiz on my book page. <laughs> I have a quiz in my book. Like this is how much I love these quizzes, but you know, it is a being in the word. It's abiding with God. It's spending time in prayer with him. And for me, I do that when I drive to work, it's quiet in my car after I drop my daughter off. That is my time, you know? So that's when God and I talk about the day and what we're going to do. And, and that's okay. Cause that's yeah. still time with him, but you know, you can read all the, and this is probably the worst thing for an author to say, but listen, 
I, I would love for people to read my book, but I want people to be in God's word. Like mm-hmm. I don't like pick up the Bible. And there's a reason that I wrote my book the way I did, where it gets deep into scripture, but I don't tell you everything. Like I don't, I mean, I tell you, you know, what God is teaching me through it, but there is so much more that you need to go and get out of that scripture for yourself. And yeah. so there are pages to journal that so you can track it. Cause I want women to go back and be like, listen, that's what God was doing and telling me in that season of my life. When you find yourself, you know, where rest has become lazy because listen, I, I go into that too far where I'm like, yay, rest all the time. Netflix binging, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or I like find myself striving again. And like, I need to go back to those places and be like, okay, here's where God met me. And here's what he was teaching me. I need that refresher. I need to be reminded about what he has planned for me, that he sees mm-hmm. me and he knows me and he has something special planned for me and he's not done with me yet. You know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, my book is just words that God has allowed me to put in print. It's not that it came together perfectly. It it didn't happen overnight. It was a process of failures. And, you know, a lot of stories I wish I didn't have to tell because I don't look that great in them, but you know, it's God and his faithfulness. And we only know that by being in his word and knowing his word and being open-handed enough to be willing to trust him because we've seen him in action in the Bible, in people's lives, and in the lives of the people who were around, and in our own lives. Awesome, you you totally resonate with where we're at um, with the More to Be podcast. That idea of thinking biblically, so that we can live transformed, uh, and we can't think biblically if we're not in the Word. And so, I love that you took us there in this conversation, and I think that it would be great for us to kind of wrap us up with you sharing maybe one challenge um, that maybe is even tied in with Holy Hustle, the concept of Holy Hustle, the book itself. Like what's one challenge that you would give readers to think about as they think about working unto the Lord and also embracing a lifestyle that includes rest? Yes. So I think that my challenge would be this because I think that it's really important for me that women know that whatever the work is that you do, that it is seen and it has a purpose. And I think that we discount a lot of the work that we do because it doesn't look impressive. It's not for hundreds of people. It's not on a stage, right? So my challenge would be at some point, grab a piece of paper and write down all of the jobs that you do, all the work you do, no matter how small you think it is. And then like, we were talking in Colossians, how many times it said, give thanks, take a look at that list and give thanks to God that he is letting you be part of this amazing work for his kingdom. We get to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it feels like a have to, because we have to pay bills, you know, we get to do this. So thank God for the work that he's given you. And then find ways to, um, just give that list back to God, spend time in prayer with him, Spend time in his word, ask him how you can serve him through all of those tasks that you wrote down, and then also be willing to make some room for him to take things off your list Mm -hmm. so that you can have that space to rest, right? Like it doesn't, there are things like, um, you should probably feed your kids. Um, you should probably make sure that they get to school or whatever, you know, like there are things we, that need to stay on the list, but all of those things, just because there isn't a pile of widgets at the end of the day, doesn't mean that that wasn't important work. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think once we can start appreciating all of the things that God has created us to do, and then 
spending time with him in prayer and in his word to make room for some rest so that we can know that that rest isn't being lazy. It's not um, neglecting anything. It's so that we can be refueled and excited to continue to do the work for his kingdom. I think Mm. that that would be the challenge. Um, Yeah. And celebrate, like take time to celebrate the good work that God allows you to do. Yeah. 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 Even that, what you just said resonates with where I've been, that this idea of giving thanks, that's what Jesus modeled for us. He gave thanks to the father before he broke the bread and fed the 5,000 and, and to remember that where does that work come from that God has given it to us. So it's so good, Crystal. I'm going to close this in prayer, but before I do so, would you just tell everybody again where they can find you online? Absolutely. So you can find out more about me at crystalstein.me. I make it pretty easy. I was ahead of the curve for picking social media names. So it's just my name. Uh, Mm -hmm. I hang out so much on Instagram. So at crystalstein on Instagram. And then if you want to learn more about Holy Hustle, you can go to holyhustlebook.com. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a delight to get to talk to you today. It's been great. Let me, let me, let me close this in prayer here. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for Crystal being here and being able to chat about her story, her life, and the way you came to her as a 16-year-old and have enabled her to journey with you all these years and continue to grow her. Thank you for her church. Thank you for her family, Matt and Maddie. God, thank you for the book that you've given her the opportunity to write, to encourage us to embrace the hustle, the work that you've given us to do, Lord, and the rest, the opportunities to just sit and know who you are in your presence, God, but maybe doing that at an amusement park or on a walk or with a Bible in hand and a cup of coffee, God. However it is that you've called us to find rest in you, God, I pray that we would move into that with freedom and grace uh, that we would trust you in the provisions and be willing to hold the hustle uh, to experience the holy rest that you provide for us. And I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during your time with us today. Be sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes and downloadable resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.